Hello and welcome to a toast to rom com Halloween special number three. Trace, what's happening, people? Hopefully, you're making the most of Halloween in COVID times, like we are. Absolutely, lots of decorating happening, lots of spooky movie watching. I'm watching all of the Friday the Thirteenth, um, but I've hit kind of a uh, hit a little bit of a speed bump because Jason X is not available to rent anywhere, only to buy. <laughs> So I may have to spell spend. Stupid. I might have to spend twelve ninety nine on Jason X. <laughs> James will be so happy. He said he wasn't mad at me for renting. Jason goes to hell. So <laughs> at least you'll be able to watch it whenever you want. Uh, and who knows? Who knows when? Uh, when the moment will arise where I'm like, you know what I could go for right now? Jason X. Jason X. <laughs> Anyway, I'm Marie. I'm Allison. And we're here today to talk about The Mummy, you know, the famous rom-com, The Mummy. 1999 Mummy! Listen, the more I watch this, do you know how many chemistry bullets that I have starred? There is so much chemistry. About... Let me see here. If you guys haven't seen this movie yet, you you got to. It's amazing. Um, If you don't want me to step on your tail, then don't put it there. Right after the scene where Evie's drunk with Rick (sighs) and they have their almost kiss, like two minutes after that, Bernard was like, where's even the chemistry here? Who's where's the rom-com? Who's getting together? I'm like, are you you fucking kidding? No. He was like, I guess emotes happen on Naxuna Moon. I was like, no! No! Has he watched that movie before? He loves it. He loves the movie. I don't know what happened. Well, before we go on to discuss what is, and I'm not even kidding, one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. It's so good. I'm not joking. I, I think this is the movie that I've seen most in my life. Okay. Let's say at least five times a year since 1999. <laughs> you know. I didn't know you still currently watched it. If it's on TV, I'm putting it on. Like I have, I think I'm one of the only people left that have cable, but I love it and I'll never get rid of it. And same with James. Um, I do want to talk about the Shaun of the Dead podcast. <laughs> okay. I want to, I just finished editing it today and wow, hopefully today's different. I feel like we've learned from our mistakes. I don't, why are you talking about it though? I don't understand what was so wrong. I just wanted to give listeners an update of what happened the rest of the day and the day after because you can tell we're just so fucked up by the end. <laughs> We're talking here like this at the end of the movie. We can't remember our thoughts from six ago. Seriously, that's what it is. That's exactly how it sounds like. And I wanted to let the listeners know I slept for four hours after that and was hungover and couldn't drink for two days. So I 
immediately had to be a parent, but Bernard was able to see that I was in bad shape. So then he sent me outside to walk the two dogs, which when you are really messed up, not the thing to do. I was like, I wonder if the dogs can make it back home if I pass out and fall on the ground. <laughs> I was going to say, at least your dogs are very docile. <laughs> yes. Crossing the street was a concern, so maybe not the best move. Yes, um, rough times. So why don't you give us the factoids, and then we're going to introduce this drink. We've taken steps. We both had big lunches. I had a lot of liquids. I have some water up here. I have some uh, frosted mini weight. <laughs> you know, fiber. Got to get yes. your fiber. <laughs> exactly. All right. So The Mummy, one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm not joking. Um, came out in 1999. It stars Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, John Hanna, Arnold Vosloo, um, Kevin J. O'Connor, and um, Oded Fair. I think it's Oded, Oded Fair. I'm Oded. Oded Fair. I think I'm saying that right. Written by Stephen Summers. Written by Stephen Summers. Lloyd Fonville. Kevin Jare. And there's a bunch of uncredited people. I'll give them credit right now. John L. Balderston. I think that's the person who like originally wrote The Mummy. Nina Wilcox Putnam. Again, original mommy writer, who knows? And Richard Scher. Whatever. I'm just doing stuff so we don't get sued. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's not a concern. Since in 1999, I would have been 18 and you would have been nine. Good <laughs> so times. People realize we don't have any parts of this. So the drink today, it's called The Mummy. And it is two shots of vodka, one <laughs> shot of orange liqueur. I love your a glass. Two, <laughs> a two, yes. My cardboard Halloween pumpkin glass. A tablespoon of lemon juice and a tablespoon of club soda. So I texted you this drink recipe. Yes. And I was immediately worried that we'd have a Winchester part two on our hands because this is three shots of liquor and the Winchester was three plus shots of liquor. So I, that's why I had a big lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually added more club soda. I kind of topped it with club soda. Okay. Just because I really like fizz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll make it like a better drink. So, I think it'll be good. I have high hopes. I'm using this fun $2 skull wine glass that I got. Love that. And I did a photo shoot with it outside among my spooky decorations. So look out for that on Instagram. My neighbors think I'm crazy. That's all right. They pre- they did previously. Yeah. All, all right. right. Cheers. Cheers. It's fine. Yeah. It's light. Yeah. I think it's light. It has a weird taste to me at the end of it. I wonder if it it does. I think it's the, do you think it's the vodka? Do you think it's like it, the vodka doesn't really go like, I don't know. I feel like vodka and triple sec. 
Yeah, it's it's something like the vodka's com- combining strangely with the orange liqueur and lemon juice. So I think that's what it is. It's not bad. I think for drink number two, I'm definitely going to switch it up to a flavored vodka to see how that goes. Yeah. It's, it goes down It goes down easy right now. It doesn't feel like it's going to fuck me up. No. Who knows, though? But I didn't think that the Winchester felt like it was going to fuck me up either. Mm, I did. <laughs> From that first I, medicine I, well, sip. I mean... When you have six shots of alcohol in an hour and a half, it's kind of like, what else do you think is going to happen? <laughs> no. Here, here's high hopes for, for this podcast. Mm. So the mummy summary. I Good luck. Thank you. So the mummy is about um, these people who are trying to look for the city of the dead because it's rumored to have riches and treasures there. And I'm pretty sure they're looking for like Evie, the main character is mainly looking for the book of the living Amun Ra, maybe too much detail for the summary. Um, so they get this guy who had been there before out of jail to help them. And he turns out to be a huge stud and so they all go to Hamanoptra and there's another group of people that are going to Hamanoptra to try to find all of these riches and treasures and stuff too. And then in the process of finding all this stuff, they awaken the curse of the mummy. They awaken this mummy who will bring about the plagues of the earth and destroy it as he becomes immortal. Um, so the main characters try to find a way to defeat him and in the process fall in love and I'm in, we'll get, I, it was quick. Yeah. But I mean, they're probably two of the most gorgeous people alive at that point. So, um, they team up, defeat the mummy mummy kills a lot of people in the process and, um, you know, they take that guy down. Now, I'm jumping ahead here for a moment, but I have a legit question for you. Okay. The plague of the boils and like when everyone's hypnotized, mm-hmm. do you think all those people died? Or That's did a- they like just go back to normal? I would hope that as soon as he died, they would just go back to normal. It just probably have boils and sores that need to heal okay i was wondering what would happen to them that's a i yeah that's a really good question actually so we are also going to put our disclaimer on the unbelievability yes we know there's not mummies or hopefully curses but seriously though the entire time they're down in like the the crypts i'm like i'm not going to be the first person that stepped foot in there in three thousand years fuck no. So maybe that's Absolutely. unbelievability number one. <laughs> yeah. But we just gotta we just gotta go. Like they awoke a curse and then this dude arrived and brought plagues and they had to like find a way to kill him. Unbelievable. Okay, we uh, get it. Moving on. We're gonna look into further unbelievabilities. And I have a lot. Do you kick us off? My first unbelievability came very early. Um if the pharaoh didn't want anybody to touch his wife, Anoxana Moon, 
then why did he let her walk around naked all day? <laughs> like, come on, dude. You're literally like letting her just parade herself around. Her titties are out. You can see her butt. You just can't see her pubes. Like, it, it, get real. <laughs> Don't tempt everyone to touch her if you don't want her to be touched. Basically. Yes. Had a I huge that's problem. A great point. Had I a huge problem with it. About it. I was more like, wow, she chose the worst way to die. In every scenario, stabbing yourself in the bowels and then slowly bleeding out for hours. <laughs> would be the worst i'd rather have the guards kill me i know it would have been shorter (laughs) like you're not even like cutting your throat or stabbing yourself in the heart you fucking stabbed yourself like your wrists or yeah in the stomach (laughs) horrible horrible way to die oh my god that was my next unbelievability so i'm glad you you thought i agreed with that i did think I thought it was unbelievable how great the graphics were back in 1999. I thought so, like, too. Yeah. The only time, like, I two parts stuck out to me as not being good, and that was when you see Emotep against the green screen in the beginning. Like, I didn't think that was very good. Like and, in old Egypt, you mean? Yeah, okay. in old Egypt. And then when the, towards the end, where the mummy guards were crawling on the cave like around the cave on the ceiling and stuff that didn't bother me as much honestly i can see what you mean about the green screen but truly this movie really did stand the test of time for me it it was very impressive i thought the acting was great the all of the cgi like the sand face the bugs crawling in people the death scenes it was all really good and i were you scared of this, like scared with this movie, like the first time, the first few times you watched it? Like, did it make you? There were certain parts that I didn't like and that I thought were scary, but I didn't think it, I don't consider this a horror movie. Okay. I consider it, I consider it more of an action film than a horror movie. I mean, but it, it like I could see how you would consider it a horror movie. The reason why I thought we should do this, aside from us wanting to do this movie forever, because we both love it. So good. Um, Freeform's playing it for their Halloween specials and the 31 days of Halloween. And I'm like, well, it's a Halloween movie then. We're just going to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. And if Freeform says so, it's so. Exactly. And it's so romantic. It is. It's not even a question. No. It totally is. This movie has it all. Action, romance, comedy, fighting. I guess that's part of action, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. Two hot dudes. One hot lady. Two hot ladies, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I and mean, one's mostly naked. I know. Uh, <laughs> she pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen this movie, it's free. So watch it. On demand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me see here. So this unbelievability comes from Bernard because I had no idea this was a thing. But in that opening scene with Rick fighting with the French Mm -hmm. against all those people, Mm -hmm. Bernard was like, the French would have machine guns. This wouldn't even be a fight. 
I was like, okay, so I guess the French would have machine guns and this wouldn't be that bad. Great. Didn't know that. Neither did I. All right. So there you go. Cool. My next unbelievable is the ladder scene in the library. Oh my gosh. So fucking funny though. It is. <laughs> but who would risk their like lives on that ladder <laughs> to just put a book? Just c- climb down the ladder and then put it on the other side. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what would happen if it was Marie on that ladder. Marie would have thrown the book down on the floor and made a big loud noise with it as she put the other books away and then gone and put the other books away. Yep. I don't know. Allison may not have even been on that ladder that high. I don't do heights well. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not my thing. Uh, I can stand on a chair, but that's as safe as I feel. <laughs> okay. Um, my next unbelievability, her reaction to his kiss in the prison. All I could think of was, man, his breath would be rank yes! after being in prison. For yes! People. Yes! I know! <laughs> but... I found his desire to kiss her very believable. Absolutely. You're in prison about to be hanged. Hell yeah. Gotta get it while you can get it. Whenever he was like, I don't know, I was about to be hanged. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm like, yeah, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. What do you got? Um, the guy, the magi on the boat that survives on fire for so long. The... Magi. That's what I said. I could not figure how to, out how to spell that. So finally I just spelled it M-A-G-I. That's how I was spelling it until I looked on IMDb. And it is spelled M-E-D as in dog. J-A-I. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember, though, that guy with the hook and he was burning and he was alive just walking around on fire that entire time. And furthermore, those robes were not fire retardant at all. Like, (laughs) they touched a spark and whoosh, they just lit up like the 4th of July. Yeah, that's so true. That's so funny. Um, I appreciated how the Magi's rowboats overtook the steamship as it was moving. (laughs) Those guys were super fucking strong. Do you think they just like all they do is look for water, protect the mummy, and then just do push ups like all day long? Absolutely. They're like, ah, he's still in his little tomb thingy. Let's go do some push ups, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see him walking around on like stick legs? (laughs) Hulk arms. Just, let's go lift some shit today, bro. Um, yeah, so didn't believe that, but that's so, that's such a good point about the boat, the rowboats overtaking (laughs) the barge. Um, I didn't get, so they, Benny, Evie, and Rick were on the deck the entire time. Yes. Okay. Benny leaves, Evie leaves, Rick looks down and sees wet footprints none of them saw a guy climb over the side of the ship. I understand they're in black robes. I get that. But they were just all three of them on the deck and they didn't notice a guy climb over on the deck, dripping wet and walk away. 
Even if he's super stealthy, he's wet, so you're going to hear the drips. Absolutely. I didn't I think that of that, but that's a good call. Um, The next one I have is the Magi recognizing O'Connell from that far away. Like whenever they see him, they're on that cliff and then they see him and then they're like, this one is strong. And I'm like, I love this one is strong. No, you don't recognize him. He's like thousands of feet away. You see an ant on a camel. Like that's all you see. You don't see his face. Maybe you can tell he's like white or whatever. (laughs) I was too busy going like, no way would I be doing this. This is so dangerous. This is way too much sand. I can't. We're riding a camel in the desert? For how long? Without a map? Without roads? Without knowing where you're going? No, I couldn't. Good point. Yeah. My friends went to Abu Dhabi and they rode camels in the desert, but I guess they had a um, a leader. What are those people called? Guides? That's the one. <laughs> Not <laughs> drunk a- yet. Just forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> oh I have one last one I think which is shocking because there's so much more but then I stopped focusing on unbelievability once Rick and Evie started just like getting getting that chemistry out um I thought it was unbelievable that the camel would beat the horses as they were racing to get to Hamanaptra You know, I thought about that and I'm not entirely sure because camels are like a desert animal. So maybe they would be better equipped. They would have more endurance. I'm not sure. That's a good point. I don't know for sure, but that was my thought and why I didn't have an issue with it. Base speed. Horses are faster, much faster. Is it like a cheetah though? Is it like sprints? Like, how long can... No, that's the fucking Kentucky fucking Derby. Thank I you. I know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, but, but like, under what conditions Yeah, can they do it on sand? Yeah. So, I think that's someone out there. If you own a horse and a camel, can you go to the desert and the sand and have them race for a while to see who's faster? And then email us at uh, toastromcoms at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> Please or, or do. Or tag that. us in the video. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love camels, though. What are your thoughts on camels? Um, I'm pretty neutral. I don't want spit on, but I would definitely pet them and ride them. Um, the camel keeper at the Pittsburgh Zoo let us feed the camel there, and she was really cute. Aww. She was like eating little pellets out of my hand. That's really cute. I bet her lips were like doing that yeah yeah it was very cute um fun fact the camels on set hated benny in real life i saw that so did you read all the facts you bet i did so did i there were so many i was loving it i was looking at like the little scroll bar on the side and i'm like not even halfway yes bring it (laughs) (laughs) i wonder why they hated him though i'm sure he's not that big of a douche in real life I mean, you know, sometimes when you're out with your dog, the dog just starts growling at someone for some reason. Sometimes they just take a disliking towards people. True. I took a lot of notes. I took so many notes at the beginning, and then I just started to enjoy the movie later on. I thought that um, 
once after Hamanoptra and the one dude gets the Book of the Dead. And at night, Evie rips it out of his arms to go read it. How did he not feel that? Maybe I have a sleeper. But he, he was bear hugging that fucking thing. And how heavy would a book made out of what was that like obsidian? I don't even know how like it had to be at least 10 pounds. Absolutely. At least. So I thought that was unbelievable. And I have another question for you. Okay. Could, I don't know if this is unbelievable, but I'm just curious to get your opinion. So, you know, Emotep takes that guy's eyes, the mm-hmm. nearsighted guy. Does that mean Emotep is nearsighted? I would say no, because he's magic. That's what Bernard said, but I wanted to know what you think. Yeah, that's a really good question, though. Thank you. Where the fuck did Evie get a damn cat? I think that was her apartment. Like, because they were back in Cairo. And because it had all of her stuff in all of the drawers, I assumed that that was where she lived in Cairo. Oh. Yeah. See, at this point, I was like, oh, maybe I do need to read the novelization so I can get some more backstory <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I took it to, to mean. Um, my, uh, here's my question and I don't, I truly don't know. Why did Imhotep's, Imhotep's face rot away when he kissed Evie in her room? Do you remember that? I do. I didn't get that either. I don't know why he like degenerated. I don't know. The only thing that would make sense to me was that the, like, director wanted people to be more grossed out at the thought of kissing, like, a decomposing guy. But it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Ah, that effect whenever his bug crawls through his cheek and then he crunches it. I was good. Yeah. All the bug stuff was very gross. Like, the jail guy dying. I think that's really the scariest scene. The warden getting yeah because like and then he runs into the wall and kills himself that way yeah that was terrifying yeah very scary and especially at the time like i remember i think whenever i was nine watching that for the first time i think that scared me the most was the bug crawling up his chest into his head Mm -hmm. because the effects were really good yeah they were um i thought when they were driving away from like Emotep and the zombie-like people, the hypnotized people. The guy in the gray shirt who was just sitting in the back doing nothing while everyone was fighting off these hypnotized people, he deserved to die. He wasn't fucking pulling his weight, and he even had guns. Like, stand up and do what you got to do, and you wouldn't have been pulled off that car. So fuck you, dude. You deserve to die. You you opened the cursed chest, too. So, yeah. yeah for sure. Karma. Um... Evie's little curls, like with the straight long hair, really started to bother me after a while. Oh, really? I liked it. I thought it was really pretty. I was like, this is borderline mullet at this no. point. <laughs> the only thing that bothered me were the thin eyebrows. Oh, I could not stop looking at them. They were just like, focus on the eyebrows. But it's the 20s. 
Was that the 20s? I guess it was the 20s, but it was also the 90s too, wasn't it? At one point, people had super thin eyebrows recently. I don't know if it was in the 2000s or the 90s. I had super thin eyebrows whenever I was in middle school, and that was like 02, 03. So probably around that time. I also, I have two more unbelievabilities. Kind of three more unbelievabilities. I have one more. So you go and then I'll go. Okay. So at what point is Rick going to realize that firing the machine gun at a sand face isn't going to do anything? Quit wasting your bullets. Okay. I guess he wasn't a waste because he was in an airplane and where else is he going to take that fucking thing? But you're not going to kill a sand face. You can't. It's magic. Nothing can kill it besides more magic, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, well, they did take that gun. Um, the Magi, they don't reveal his name in the first movie, but his name is Ardut. Uh, so he took it off the plane and took it with him. I love his shooting a gun face. Did you notice? He was more like... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like which the- one? Uh, um, The Magi. Okay. Like pursed his lips and like was a real sexy face. <laughs> Who's the bigger babe? Oh, the Magi for sure. I go back and forth. I really do. But like this, this is perfect because it leads right into my next unbelievability. He gets off the plane and takes that cap off his head, and his hair is perfect. Oh, that yeah. hair is amazing. Um. Well, just how, like, they rode that plane. Uh, They had two guys on the wings. Okay, so you have two guys on the wings. So let's suspend our disbelief for that and say that could happen. Is the plane able to carry that much weight? It's not like a jet. Great question. Thank you. And what happens if one person, like, Jonathan's probably significantly lighter than the Magi because the Magi's getting jacked and doing all these push-ups. And Jonathan's just wasting away and drinking and gambling. (laughs) (laughs) The guy had to constantly tilt the wheel. (laughs) Yeah, so it would be even. Yeah. Um, My next unbelievability, Rick is real fucking cocky with dynamite. Where is he getting it? And how many people do you know are that comfortable with dynamite? He fucking just just pulls it out. (laughs) Like five times during the movie is just like, whoop, I got this. <laughs> and, and it's such a slow burning wick. At one point, he just pulls the burning wick off. He's like, oh, guess I don't need this stick. Here we go. And part of me, too, is like, could he just like still light the stub and then it would, would it explode in his hand or uh, is it usable? I don't know. But Only br- Rick would know he knows his dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then finally, at the end, um, the Magi said that they earned the respect and gratitude of his people. And I was like, why? They fucking made this mess. They just tried to clean up their mess after the mummy killed however many people, including like they killed how many Magi in the fights that they had. Yeah, not the mummy, like the... Like, the actual like Americans and Rick and everyone, yeah. they killed a bunch of them. Yeah. 
So I don't think they should have returned respect and gratitude. I also felt really bad for the diggers, like the native diggers who were just being used for like to open booby traps. And like those were the only casualties from the Magi. <laughs> like just these extras like, eh, well, they're not part of the plot. So. But you notice how only like the one group of people use them like Evie and Rick and everything. They weren't using them it's because so. they're good people. That must be it. That Egyptologist was a huge dick and he deserved to die. He absolutely was a huge dick. Yeah. I really did feel bad for the librarian. Yeah, me too. Um, like the the older guy with the fez. Yeah, who yeah. like accidentally burned the map in the beginning. And he was then he trying like, to be right. Yeah. Yeah, and he like sacrificed himself mm-hmm. so they could get away. Yeah, I felt bad for him. He seemed like a stand-up kind of guy. He really did. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel bad for any of the Americans. Maybe a little bit for Mr. Burns. Which one was he? The one who lost his eyes and his tongue and then was finished off in such a way. <laughs> such a way. <laughs> it was so sad. He spilled his tea. He's trying to learn how to live without eyes and a tongue. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. Hey, don't open up a cursed tomb <laughs> and try to steal treasure. Which, by the way, they were really bad at finding. Like, they just took those little jars of, like, innards. They didn't ever find any of the gold. Yeah, I guess they stopped looking after they found that. And they were bragging about how much they would get for that. Like, it's not a lot, guys. It's really not. Maybe, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not done with unbelievability. I have one more. That's okay. this is a big one. Okay. Benny just happening to find the self-destruct button of Hamanoptera when he puts the gold down on that little head of Anubis. It's like Luke Skywalker hitting the self-destruct button of whatever it is in Star Wars and the planet exploding. The I Death can't Star remember exploding. what it's called. It's like some kind of cell in like the center of the Death Star. Yes. He just happened to find it. Oh yeah. That's pretty great. So I love I know it was a throwback to the beginning, but still. Yeah. He so deserved to die, too. He was such a shit. Oh, I have so many times I just wrote, Benny's the worst. Yes. And and Rick was even trying to save him at the end. Yep. I mean, you could tell he didn't feel bad about it, but he was going to help him. Mm-hmm. Because Rick's a good guy. Rick is, Rick is a good guy. Man. <sighs> just a great one. So let's go to the obstacles to them being together before we get another drink. Is that all right? Yeah, that's perfect. I think that'll be perfect timing for me. And I feel okay. How do you feel? Same. I feel okay. Just fine. Great. Um, I kind of don't really have any obstacles to them being together except for like a mummy's after them. Same. So death might do it. Yeah, that's exactly all I have. Just if one of them dies, then that that would be the only obstacle because there's no fight with them except for that one where she was like, we have to fix this. And he was like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And he got over that real fucking fast. 
I guess because he had to. Like, there was no choice. The puppy came to get him. Yeah. <laughs> or her. Mummy came to get her, and he couldn't let it happen because he was already in love. He was in it. Yo, yeah. I have so many things to talk about with chemistry. I just can't wait. How much of your drink do you have left? Mm. Okay, so a little bit. Do you have ice in there? I do. Okay. I wasn't sure. Sometimes you never know with you. It said to serve it in a highball glass, and since I topped it off with club soda, I figured ice. Okay, I'm going to go make my second drink now. All right, I'll be here. And we're back with some changes. That's right. Same recipe for me, except I used Huckleberry um, vodka, and I'll have to take a picture of it. Um, Allison got it out in... Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Um, So it's in this cool little bottle that I absolutely love. And I've never had Huckleberry before. So it's Huckleberry. I'm so curious to see what you think. I I have to. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. It smells like permanent marker. No, it doesn't. It totally does. And, And like this, it smells like permanent marker. Oh, that's not a good sign. We'll see. Go ahead. I used raspberry vodka. Smells like raspberry vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. That does not taste like permanent marker. That's great. Yeah. This significantly improved the drink. It definitely adds flavor that it didn't have. So it's still light. I don't get that weird aftertaste, though. Mm-hmm. For sure. The the flavored vodka blends the lemon and the orange liqueur a lot better. Mm-hmm. I did add a touch more lemon this time. I added maybe like a little bit more than a half a shot. And I, I topped it with club soda instead of using the tablespoon. Yeah. So. It's it's good. It it's it is just very light though. Yeah. Would I have it in the evening? Mm-mm. I don't I don't think so. I'd be more inclined to like say take this vodka and do it with just club soda instead of adding the lemon juice and stuff. I don't know. I could see this being like an outdoor summertime drink. Okay. Do you know what Halloween drink we did last year that I really, really liked? I do not know. That Vampire's Kiss one. Do you remember that? I was like, I, I remember it, but I don't remember the flavor. It was raspberry vodka. I think it was Chambord and cranberry. See, I'm not a big Chambord fan. Mm. Which, to me, it has that medicine taste that... Like the grenadine mm. and the Luxardo, even mm-hmm. though Luxardo is still worse for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Chambord just, I don't care for it. You know what I realized though is I have all those ingredients downstairs, so maybe I'll just make it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just problem solved. <laughs> I think that sounds great. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I definite improvement. Add flavored vodka to this. I keep a running list of things like presents I want because <laughs> like Bernard's always like, I don't know what kind of things you want for Christmas. And I hear it from other people too. So I just keep a running list of things I want. So I just wrote down crate of mini champagnes. Oh, nice. That's a good yeah. idea. It is. You're the easiest person to shop for, but that's basically because anything I want, you typically want. So, Oh, I already found like easily like four Christmas presents worth of stuff for you. Yeah. It's just, I have to get you this one thing. I have to, I have to, but I'm not going to give it to you for Christmas. I'm just going to get it for you because you need it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> like how I did that with uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, his Funko <laughs> with his shirt open. <laughs> so sexy you you've never seen a sexy funko pop until you've seen this one hey did you see his instagram post trying to get people to vote no it was him recreating that pose now with leather pants oh i will totally have to look that up when we're done and i don't know which one i like better like i don't know which one is sexier I will have to... Oh, that sounds like a great Insta poll. Oh, I'm going to write that down. Great call. Uh, I've been looking at Henry Cavill running, like his running things. I love it. It's like very soothing. Like, because it's that beautiful countryside with the sheep and then his face and his breathing. (laughs) That sounded weird, but it's like very... I don't know. He's like a good runner, you know? His breathing is well-timed i don't know henry cavill if you're listening to this ever i like the way you breathe (laughs) that just made me cringe a little bit uh i bet you he likes a good rom-com you think so Mm -hmm. i think he's got i think he's a big softy i don't know i don't know i bet he does like the mommy because how can you not right so speaking of cringeworthy, my cringe for this is when they're drunk and she's going to kiss him but passes out in his lap instead. What's more cringeworthy, that or him still doing the kiss noise after she passes out in his Ooh, lap? That's such a good question. <laughs> because he just goes to nothing and it's so uncomfortable. That is probably worse. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good cringeworthy, though. Yeah. Um, So chemistry. Oh, my goodness. From the get-go, it's just fantastic. I agree. I think... I don't know if you would call it a meet-cute, but from the moment that they met, she's intrigued by him. He's still a babe, even though that he's, like kind of worse for the wear with that long hair and stuff but like he's a criminal he's in jail they kiss the hanging she like buys his life and saves him that one eyebrow up when (gasps) yes i also like that she wasn't gonna take any crap from the warden when he was like okay so you'll give me 200 pounds and what else and he puts his hand on her thigh (laughs) and she was like "Uh uh-uh He's disgusting. Yeah, he was. But she, I, 
she was a woman who could take care of herself. Like, you know, she was she a ditz? Sure. She was clumsy, but she's not like somebody who can't like she could function on her own. That she doesn't need no man. She's quick on her feet. She was really smart, well read. She knew all this stuff. And I think Rick liked that about her. I do too. Um, and you see that a lot as they go on, like as they continue to like, quote unquote, work together, like she's talking shit on him before they get on the boat, like talking about how disgusting he is, a scoundrel or whatever. And he hears her. And I love that because she turns around. He's like looking real hot. And then he grabs her bags and takes them on the ship. But like, oh, that's so good. I love it. Let me get this for you. And he's such like that transformation. I mean, we saw it at the beginning, but I think it was enough time. It's one of those things like like the Titanic, where they basically tell you what's going to happen, but you don't realize, you know, like you get into the story and then you forget. So the beginning of this movie, you see him, you kind of forget what he looks like. You see him in jail and then you see him again and it's like a transformation. But you don't know that he's also going to be like a good dude. Yeah. Like he takes her bag for, um, for her. And then he tries to like talk to her about the dangers of this trip when they are on the boat. And then he goes specifically to save her. He sees those wet footprints and he's like, shit, Evie. And he goes to get her and she helps out in that fight too. And that's why I love it. Like that big fight scene in her cabin. And she runs behind him as she's shooting and holds on to him and yanks him out of the way on the outside of the boat. Ah, it's so good. Her getting the wax, like the hot wax to get away from that dude. That's when I was like, this girl can take care of herself. She's not just going to like stay there and be a damsel. So many times in movies like Indiana Jones or oh shit, what's the one? I'm thinking of something specific. The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. In the, in the fire swamp. Well, she she's just, just watching Wesley fight and she could easily grab something and beat this rat. R-O-U-S's. I know. It killed me. But Evie's not like that. She jumps in there and she tries to help out too. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was trying to impress her with all of his weapons whenever she sees or whenever he sees her reading on the boat and he like unrolls it. I thought he was trying to like show off or something. Do you think he is compensating for something? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The whole time I was thinking this, but it was like in a good way. He's like a thick like man. Like he's got like, thick butt and thighs like in a good way absolutely he was wearing those tight pants like nobody's business mm-hmm. the boots like the the Little gun suspenders yeah i liked it I me too dug the look. me too especially when he got like that little jaunty bandana yeah. tied around his back but explores <sighs> so hot that seemed very practical because did you see it transitioned into his sun shield Whenever he was riding on the camels in the desert, he would wear it on his head, wrapped around his face and stuff. I didn't notice that. Mm. Well, clearly I've seen this movie more than you. Clearly. 
uh, I mean, when they're riding out to Hamanapcha on the camels, and her head lays on his shoulder, she's sleeping, and he gently props her up. It's so cute. And then going a little bit further, he shushes the camels because they're groaning while she's sleeping. And he's like, shh, come on, guys. That's so cute. And he loves that she's winning the race when she's like tutting her camel. And he looks at her and he has a little smile on his face. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um. When I, I mean, going back, going back a little bit, when O'Connell sees Evie in her new Egyptian clothes and he just can't say anything, he just stares at her. I mean, didn't we all? Yeah, she looked amazing. That whole entire outfit, just great. So pretty. I know. I was totally jealous of that outfit. Yeah. I think Bernard might prefer that over the Leia, like the Leia princess outfit when she's Really? I think so. He was he was into that outfit. I couldn't tell it. Like, could you kind of see her boobs through it? Okay. I couldn't Trust tell. me, I heard about it. Okay. Yeah, uh, which kind of like not surprising cuz like you said it's like a almost a trick of the eyes. But then I'm sure you saw the fact where that white nightgown she wore on the boat became see-through when it got wet. So they had to like digitally paint over it. Yeah. So it's funny that they were like, you could see through the black thing when they were like taking strides to, I guess the PG 13 rating though. That's what they had to keep. Maybe it's what exactly is see-through. Like if, top is alluded to it's okay but then like bottom is not yeah because there was that other one about um emotep when (laughs) they were doing the sand thing and the winds would blow his ass would show that's so funny (laughs) (laughs) peekaboo but then did you see the one about the warden too Uh, no so when the warden's going crazy with the bug, uh-uh. supposedly he didn't like, according to IMDb facts, he wasn't wearing underwear that day. So his junk peeks out as he's like going after the bug. What? Like, yeah. So How did I miss this one? Was it long? I don't remember. Okay. I think it, it was in the spoiler section. Okay. I don't remember. So apparently if you go back and go frame by frame, you can like see bits and pieces. I don't know if I want to see his bits and pieces. I'm just saying, why would you not wear underwear? <laughs> so weird. And I'm all for no underwear. But like if you're doing your job. I always wear underwear when I'm at my job. Yes. Because <laughs> it's a job. It's professional. I think not wearing underwear is maybe unprofessional. <laughs> maybe he didn't want panty lines that day. He was like, guys, it's just too much. Going on with chemistry, because there's so much. Um, O'Connell nervously giving Evie the tools for digging. Him being, like, all shy about it. And then, like, the guy confronting her about that being her set. And she's like, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Even though he said he borrowed it from the Americans. Yeah. And it was part of my cringe scene, like, that drunk scene. But I love that O'Connell was trying to teach her how to fight. It's very flirty. 
uh-huh. And I would have liked to have seen her use some of those moves later, like get a little bit of an extended of the fight scene and then her punching someone later, but... No, well, she does in The Mummy Returns. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember that one as well. I remember, like, the kid being a jackass. Mm-hmm. And that's about all I remember, except it was The Rock's first, like, feature film. Mm-hmm. So... It's not as good of a movie. Like the quality, like the effects are still good and stuff, but like it's cheesier by far. Like, but it's still a good ride. I'll probably you, watch it today. Did you ever see the third one there where they're in China? No, because um, Rachel Weiss wasn't in it. No, she wasn't. So I didn't want to watch it. It has a lot of, like, I know Brendan Fraser's still in it, Jet Li, and Michelle Yeoh. Oh. She's in it. Okay. So it still has people in it. Yeah. But, I don't know. I know what you mean about splitting up, like, the original stuff. Yeah. Cast. I guess that's called cast. If, um, was Odette Farr in it? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't interest me for some reason. But I still like... I've watched the second one a decent amount. It's just not as good. Um, I wonder if they ever meant to do a second one or if they just did it because the first one made a lot of money. Because that's the downfall of a lot of sequels. Yes. I think that's exactly why they did it was because it did so well. And I mean, it did so well that... James and I were at Universal and Universal has an amazing mummy ride. It is fantastic. I got done watching the movie yesterday and James came in and saw the tail end of it. And he was like, Hey, remember when we were in Universal and the mummy roller coaster was amazing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's great. Movie. It was that good. It was, it's a fun roller coaster. It's almost all in the dark and there's some scary like mummy parts where it's like a near miss. And there's some cheesy parts though. Because they, when they wait, they show you the video, like, of Brennan but Fraser. they're trying to, like, keep you entertained while you're waiting in a long line. Right. That. Disney does the same kind of a thing. Absolutely. Um, I love, and I know this is kind of, like, maybe chauvinistic of him, but I still loved when he doesn't want her to go anywhere. So he picks her up, dumps her on the bed and then walks out and locks the door. I was like, Oh, take charge. I liked it too. I know. But there's so many like people who are probably like, no, that's like wrong now, you know, but just take charge on the flip side though. I also like how all of those guys wanted to stay behind and she was the only one that wanted to go with him to look for the Egyptologist. The argument going on, like how all of them are like, no, no, no. And she's, I'll go, I'll go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was really cool. Going back a little bit, though, I liked Evie talking to Rick about the mummification process. Like maybe it's her trying to show off a little bit. But also he was interested in what she was saying. Yes. He stopped and sat down and he wasn't like, he was giving her his undivided attention instead of her talking while he's digging or doing something else. Mm-hmm. Like they were bonding over that moment. That's a good call. And um, 
Oh, whenever O'Connell gets really upset when Imhotep takes Evie to the desert. Yes. I'll see you again. Or later. I'm not sure which one he says. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. The movie does not have the passage of time between those two, but they did a good job of creating little moments between them so you can actually see their bond forming. When do you... it's like 48 hours, right? I would say it's 48. Yeah. Yeah. When do you think they fell in love? Mm. For him, I would say when he realizes the mummy's coming after to get her and he locks her in the room and he doesn't want any, like the mummy near her. And then like when he gets upset, he's taking her. Interesting. For him, I think that's what it is for her. I think probably when he gives her the archeology, span like digs that. I agree with that. For him, I was going to say when he sees her in her clothes, like the Egyptian clothes. I think that's lust more than love. Yeah, but he didn't show lust. Uh, It's hard. It is hard because then you have the scene with the camel and her head on the shoulder and he liked it. That is hard. No, but I'm going to stick with it because when they get back to Cairo, right, they were in Cairo and he was telling her, like, you're either coming with me or you're staying here. And she said, I'm staying here and he was going to go. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with what I said. All right. Valid points. Valid points. Um, Can we talk about their final kiss for a second? Yes. Part of their chemistry, which we all saw the final kiss happening, but I don't want to talk about that so much as Jonathan's reaction. (laughs) Where he then, like, is, like, puckering up with the camel. Cringe. But I love it. I love at the end where he was... Something happened else with him and the camel after. It it completely escapes me. Like, he smelled the camel's breath, and he went, oh. Yeah, something like that. I thought it was cute. Ooh, um, maybe not necessarily rom-com coincidence, but coincidence, them riding away on the camel that had all the gold strapped to it. Oh, good call. And yeah, for sure. if you remember, because I don't think we're going to do The Mummy Returns because it's just not as good quality. For sure. Um, they're living in this mansion, presumably from all of this gold and treasure that they had. Like, I don't oh, know. Is if, that how it starts? I'm per- yeah. Like, Rick and Evie are like living in a mansion, Rolls Royces, just amazing house in London. I'm surprised Evie would go for that. Mm. Compromises? I don't know because half of the house were books. Okay. Like, the entire upstairs hallway was like shelves of books. So, I guess just more room for books. <laughs> you can always re- use room for more books. 
Who wouldn't want their whole house to be a library? Her. I want, she wants it. Um. So, mom, would they fall in love? Do they stay together? Yes. Yes, they do. But we don't know what happens in the third mummy movie. Besides, be- Rachel Weiss was too big. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's really it, though. Like, if it would have been a good script, if it would have, I don't know, maybe if the second one would have been better, I think she would have been all about it. But, like, given this movie, they stay together. They're meant to be. Um, I agree. I just, but I'm trying to figure out if they. Maybe she dies. I Probably IMDb would have it, right? Like in the summary? I would think so. I love that um, Stephen Summers wanted Brendan Fraser for this based on his performance in George of the Jungle, by the way. <laughs> That's amazing. I love George of the Jungle. Don't get me wrong. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, 2008. Oh, wait. No. So... The brothers in it. Well, is that a surprise? What else does he have going on? Wait, it says along with Evelyn's brother, who owns a Shanghai nightclub named Emotep's. Yikes! The O'Connells and Lynn travel to a stupa. Stupa. So it says the O'Connells. Oh, so Evie's replaced by Maria Bello. Oh no! Yikes. That's not good. No. <gasps> and she doesn't uh, even look not remotely. At all. That's awful. Oh no. So bad. Why would you do that? I mean, just write her out. I'm looking at like some of the pictures. I'm trying to find oh, there she is. Brendan Fraser has a shirtless scene and he looks pretty okay. No way. Oh my gosh, the effects look awful. Michelle Yeoh is on a tank with a machine gun. Nice. There is some kind of Yeti that has big teeth. Oh yeah, I'm looking at that now. That doesn't make any sense. And a dragon, a two-headed dragon. How did I miss Brendan Fraser being shirtless? Yeah, so I'm glad that I didn't watch this movie to mar my memory of Evelyn O'Connell. Yeah, that's rough. I should have never made it. Just write her out. Yeah. She should have died or something. I mean, you know, for movie's sake. I mean, Brendan Fraser in this picture, like with his fur-lined jacket. Right? Yeah. He he still looks good. Uh, did you see when this movie was made? In 2008. Okay. So long ago, but not that long ago. Um, I have a question, actually. Let's go. So remember how Evie read the Book of the Dead, brought the mummy back. So would it have worked if she read it all in English? Great question. <sighs> I think so. Okay. Good to know. I don't I don't think that Emotep needed to understand what was being said for it to work. I think it just would have happened. Okay. 
Now, my question to you, I'll answer your question with another question. How many signs of a curse do you need before you fucking get the hell out of Dodge? Uh, Every single time that wind blew (laughs) and then Rick goes, that happens a lot around here. It's like, please, please. (laughs) Yeah, the howling wind. Um, Oh, gosh, that's awesome. What a good call. This is one of these movies where it's long. It's a two hour movie, but like it goes by in an instant because it's so that fast. good. What's your iconic scene? Because this is really hard. There are so many. Do you have one? I do. Then please go. So my iconic scene and also leads into my cringeworthy scene but when they're talking and she's drunk by the campfire and she's talking about like what she is and being proud of who she is and he's like looking up at her kind of adoringly and she goes I am a librarian and then she falls down that's my iconic scene the two of them by that campfire talking he accepts her for what she is and she needed that See, I don't know because there are so many iconic scenes. I was honestly thinking of whenever the him and Jonathan are buying the camels and she shows up in that outfit. Mm. And then they have that moment between each other and Jonathan's there too. Yeah, but I don't think he's necessary for me. And another one that I was thinking of too is like the the sand face on the plane and then she kisses Imhotep to distract him because you have everybody and Imhotep and then that for that time I remember that sand face just being a huge thing yeah and it still looked really good mm-hmm. so that was what I originally was thinking see it, even like I focus really on Evie and Rick here I was thinking about um, on the boat when the guy is firing the gun at him and she pulls him out of the way and he kind of looks stunned for a minute. Like, that was my backup mm-hmm. iconic scene. So I don't know. It's just really about the two of them for me. Ooh, going back to a really scary moment, and this is a popular thing with a lot of horror movies, whenever somebody looks away from a mirror and then looks back and then there's like mm. a face in the mirror, so scary. It's freaks me the fuck out every time yeah uh, did you see the article on buzzfeed that was like the scariest movie trailers i did there was one called lights out that i had never heard of and the trailer so i watched the trailer and like this person's flipping off the lights and there's a shadow in a lighted doorway Ooh. so she flips it on and there's nothing flips it off there's the shadow in the lighted doorway flip it up not there turn it off the shadow's closer to her and i jumped and i it was it was really scary i don't want to watch it two halloween movies that i need to watch before the season's done i want to watch hereditary because i want to see what all the hubbub is about free on amazon you're gonna be disappointed it's probably gonna be like midsummer 
and The Witch. Did you ever watch The Witch? No. It's made by that same, like, company, I think. Okay. See, I have some friends, like, I used to, there's a few buddies of mine that we used to watch horror movies in college all the time. And he was like, you should watch The Witch. It's really good. Have you seen The Witch? Have you seen The Witch? And I also want to watch The Babadook. So maybe I have four movies. I would go Babadook. That movie did scare me. Okay. No being scary movies. The he- Witch? Not scary. Bored. Okay. And I also want to watch the original Pet Cemetery because I've never seen it. I've seen it. It's like one of those cheesy 80 movies. Maybe I can get James to watch it with me because that's the hard part about watching scary movies is I'm watching them alone because watch, James can't. Watch Silver Bullet with him. Okay. That one I have no problem watching either. Okay. Silver Bullet's good. Um, yeah, The Witch, no... Duke did freak me out. Okay. I still, I still can't. Really? Like, if if Bernard starts saying the name, I'm like, stop, ah, stop that's now. crazy. Okay, I'll watch that. I can't do. Like to this day, I have a really hard time with the Conjuring. Ooh, yeah. That was really, really scary. And same with Sinister. Or Insidious, I'm sorry. Insidious was really scary, too. Bernard said, okay, I don't know where he got the article, but he watched Sinister, and he said it's the scariest movie he's ever seen. Ever. And he read an article, and I asked him to send it out, but he said scientists had, like, people watch a bunch of different scary movies while they were hooked up to like a heart monitor and things to see which movie was the scariest of all and sinister was the one that had the heart rate highest okay so i never watched sinister i'm looking at it right now i haven't seen this one for sure but i see it's from the producers of paranormal activity and insidious i thought insidious was really scary i thought conjuring was really scary and I've seen all the paranormal activities for some fucking reason that is beyond me. I think I saw like a couple of them in theaters with friends and I find those movies really scary because I feel like a lot of them, like the conjuring based on true events, like Annabelle based on true events, Annabelle's in a fucking museum, like locked up, you know, like that shit's scary. I like the. I thought Paranormal Activity was maybe the scariest movie I'd ever seen. Yeah, I believe I went to the theater to watch it. Yeah, it was. Well, so this was in college, right? So I remember I watched. I think it was Paranormal Activity three, and I was so afraid I had to sleep on my friend's couch because I lived alone in college. I had like an apartment by myself for a couple of years, and I had four guy friends, and I slept on their couch because I was so scared. I refused to sleep. Do you not remember me living alone? No. (laughs) Don't you remember my roommate, my junior year, uh, like reported me to the, like, so it was an apartment complex, but it was still a dorm, but you had more freedoms. I know what you're talking about. So she reported me for having too many guests without telling me that she was going to report me or even saying that she had a problem. So I moved out halfway through the year because I tried to sign a, a guest in and the the uh, residency person was like, you're not allowed to have guests for two weeks because of this. And I was like, what? What happened? And so I went up and I was like, 
So I really would have wished you would have come and talked to me to my roommate at the time because I just had no idea that she even had an issue. So after that, I moved out (laughs) and I had my own apartment. Um, And then I did that for like another year. And I live by myself. In that same place? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I don't remember because that just runs together for me. I moved up like two floors or whatever and I had like a studio apartment. Because I remember, like, moving your furniture in there and, like, seeing it. Yeah. Nope. I thought it was a really big dick move that she had a problem with me. She called her mom. Her mom was actually the person who reported me to the, um, what are they called? Residents? RAs. RAs. Like, the head RA. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea until I tried to sign a guest in. Mm -hmm. And it they were like, you're not allowed to have guests. I was like, oh, that's good to know. So, I wish I would have known this before I brought a guest to sign. Right? I wish somebody would have issued me like a formal like letter like this has happened. I had to find out through. Please don't bring anyone over because they won't be allowed in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the RA told me that. And I was like, I had no idea. And she was like, your roommate didn't tell you this? And I was like, nope. Your roommate didn't tell you she had a complaint. No. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And that's when I learned that her mom called in the complaint. I would say something, but I know our mom called in a complaint about my freshman roommate. Well, yours was different. Mm -hmm. So. Plus, I don't know. This was a roommate that I agreed to room with. Which is so weird. I know. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Don't complain about us. Um, okay, so I'm going to watch... Maybe I'll watch Sinister. I don't know. Do I want to be scared? Is it Ghost? Because, like, the possession. I think that's what gets me. Like, Poltergeist possession stuff. That's what it is. Yeah. I think. I think. I want to watch Poltergeist again because I haven't seen it in probably like 20 years. So I think the premise of Sinister is, I think, is this guy comes across like a series of videos where like one family member murders everyone else in the family. Yeah. And he investigates why it happens. Okay. That's funny because that's one of the premises of the um that's the premise of the book club book we're reading we're doing like a spooky ghost book for halloween oh is it scary mostly the writing is (laughs) what's it called the devil in gray okay i'll let you know i mean like the story itself seems very interesting but the writing is rough like and I know I recommended one book and everyone hated it but like I have a scary book that like I thought was the scariest book ever what is it um the bird eater by Anaya something I've never heard of it I'll write it down though I remember like it's a book where before I, I would read it before bed and so I would wake 
Bernard up before going to bed. Like we're both sleeping in bed and I'm reading and he's asleep. So, but I would wake him up before I went to sleep because I was too afraid that something was in the room with me. Uh, so getting back to it, cause I think we're pretty much done. I just, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Because I, I want to talk about some of the facts, the IMDb facts. Okay. There was a lot of them that were really good. Yes. And again, they're IMDb facts, so I'm not exactly sure they're true or hearsay. Right. But the Magi originally supposed to be tattooed head to toe, but they thought Ojed Far was too good looking to cover up. So they yeah. reduce the amount of tattoos. And OMG, he is a stud. He looks great now as an older man. Silver Fox all the way. Yeah. His, like, in this movie, his voice, his voice uh-huh. is wonderful. How he's the narrator at the beginning. I love it. And then he's the narrator because Emotep was supposed to be the narrator. But they didn't think Emotep would have been able to speak English. So they switched it. Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hang on, was Emotep supposed to be the narrator? Like the Emotep? Beginning. Emotep? Yes. yes, the mummy. Okay, not like the actor. They didn't think he was going to be able to speak. Right. In- okay, right. okay, okay. Perfect. Just getting that straight in my mind. Um, the things that I really liked that I wanted to highlight really fast... I love the music in this movie. Okay. I like the vocalizations. I liked the suspense because you get a lot of suspenseful music whenever they're digging or whenever they're opening stuff that they shouldn't be. And whenever something bad's about to happen, whenever the warden gets that bug in him, I just, I really like the music. I think that really added something. Mm-hmm. Not to be like a, I don't know, like a, what am I looking for? Not a hipster. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I thought that the movie did a really good time. Like had it did a good time, did a good job of like making the characters oblivious without making them stupid. Like the curse thing. I think that O'Connell acknowledging things going wrong made them not seem stupid. The When they first got to Emotep and they were about to race, how red the sky was. I was like, well, red sky in morning, sailors take warning. Like something bad is obviously going to happen, but it wasn't obvious enough for everyone to mm-hmm. take. So, and then like circling back around, things that happened to be in the beginning happened in the end like Anaxuna Moon committing suicide by shadow like you saw her mm-hmm. shadow at the beginning mm-hmm. you saw her getting killed at the end um, the sword that Emotep stabbed the, stabbed the pharaoh with in the beginning was the sword that Rick used to stab him in the end mm-hmm. like I thought they just did some really cool things with that and, and furthermore like guys if you're going on like an excavation or if you're just spelunking don't enter caves by yourself because scary things could happen 
I just think about that article that was really recent about how they uh, recovered how many thousands of sarcophagi. Did you see that? No. They had a dig in Egypt and there were, I'm pretty sure it was hundreds, maybe thousand sarcophagi and they had never been opened and they were just going to open them. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, they're just going to get haunted or cursed forever. That's crazy. (laughs) I'll have to find it and send it to you because it was very recent. It was probably within like two months. But like everyone was just really happy going off by themselves in these caves and tunnels. And Mm -mm. I would not be. Mm -mm. Nope. So, um, I really like O'Connell was totally the, um, comedic relief. Like he was like his quotes, like whenever they're about to open the crypt and or the sarcophagus and evie goes oh i've dreamed about this since a little girl since i was a little girl and rick goes you dream about dead guys <laughs> i thought that was great and you know oh, what was another one that i highlighted there was another time where he's talking to winston they're getting him to fly the plane he goes well you probably won't live through it <laughs> yeah and he didn't. And like, would we be like, we would be on Rick's side if he doesn't do that. But would Rick be as desirable to us if he didn't have like that humorous edge? Probably not. Like, he's the perfect guy. Mm-hmm. He'll take care of you. He'll throw you down on the bed. He's funny. Like, he got it all. He really does. He has that personality. He has that look. That. He has that. He has that to grab onto. Mm-hmm. He has that junk to grab onto. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. He's not gonna break when he's under you, which we know is important to you, <laughs> because uh, you know that's that's you. That's me. That's you. No, I I could think that's probably the people that I like too. The people that I like. I don't know. Whenever I was a teenager, I used to like all of these like little skinny pale goth guys oh for sure yeah but now henry cavill he wouldn't break no he's a strong man yeah um i think i am spent except for to this day i really want to go to cairo one of these days i'll get over there maybe whenever it's safe in the air and in Cairo. Because <laughs> I don't, don't know. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I really think that Cairo is probably a dangerous place too. Like let alone like COVID and shit. But I don't know if Egypt is like the safest place ever. <laughs> so well, did you see that they didn't even film this in Egypt because of the political climate? Yeah, I did. And that's sad. Because I just think Egypt would be like the coolest fucking place to go. It would be, especially like when you see, it's mind blowing to me. You see the pictures of Egypt and the pyramids are like right next to the main city. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Man, mm-hmm. Can you imagine waking up and seeing that? No, I couldn't. I think it would be just so freaking cool. I would love to get there one day. I like for not having shot it in Egypt, the fact that they took kidnapping insurance out on everyone was also kind of stunning to me. 
And I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know it was either. And even just in Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole like shooting seemed to be a nightmare. Snakes and sand and all that kind of stuff. It seemed not to be that good of a time when you put it that way. But hopefully they had fun together. Hopefully they got paid a lot, I guess. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that's like Maybe it. that's why the second one was filmed in London and an oasis. <laughs> 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 because they didn't want to go back to the desert again. I but I cannot say like if you have not seen this movie, please watch it. You are completely missing out on something. It's entertaining. It's got a great story. Effects are great. The characters are great. Great romance. Great bad guy. I just... It's a great movie. Oh, it really is. It really is. I honestly... I could watch it again today. I really could. And you know what? Like, Bernard and I were talking about, like this Rachel Weiss, and then we love her also in Constantine. I know she's done other movies. But oh, Constantine's I a good love one Constantine. With Keanu Reeves. Oh, yes. so good. Another kind of, I don't know if you consider it Halloween-y, but it's like demons. And I think it's Halloween-y. Unfortunately, not a rom-com. Oh, for sure not. Yeah. There's nothing funny about it. Uh, it's like a John Wick kind of funny. I'll go with that. You know, it's like not super serious, but I, it's a great movie. I love that movie. So, man, watch this. Enjoy. Yeah. Listen to this. I hope you enjoyed. So, I think I just answered my own question. Martini glasses? Yes. Martini glasses. Martini glasses in terms of rom-com, probably four out of five. Agreed. In terms of a movie, five out of five. But rom-com, because there's a lot of rom, but maybe not enough calm. It's more action. Yes. It's more action suspense. Like, anytime there's, like, more than two people set on fire for an <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Or, like, people being, like eaten to the bone you know yeah yeah like eaten slowly over millennia as like scarabs devour brains <laughs> nails in the coffin nail marks in the coffin yeah you no but take that into account it, it's a great movie it's it is like aside from what we just said it is very light um no thinking required so I think that next time we'll try maybe taking one or two weeks to finish up Netflix rom-coms. What do you think? I love it. I still want to do Ibiza. I or figured we start with that. Okay, great. Um, yeah, and then we'll just take it from there and we'll go see what happens. Love it. So we'll, st- we'll see you back for Ibiza. Please rate, review, subscribe. We're on Twitter at the Toast to Rom-coms. And on Insta at Toasty Romcoms. Email us. Ooh, email us with spooky stories if you have any. Ooh, that'd be creepy. Yeah. And I am easily creeped out. 
uh, email us, um, toastromcoms at gmail.com. So I was super impressed with us. <laughs> Even though we were fucking hammered at the end of our last episode, we still got all of our handles right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even though we just said, subscribe, click stars. <laughs> but then we did say all of our Twitter, Instagram, and emails correctly. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, and and as per our prediction at the beginning, I like maybe feel a little buzz, yeah. but nothing nothing huge. I liked the raspberry vodka. I like the huckleberry for sure. Yeah, definitely improvement from the original. Good good drink. I'd have it again, like as a light thing. But thank God I can function for the rest of the day. <laughs> And tomorrow. And tomorrow. <laughs> Thank God, because I have to work. <sighs> yeah. Um, so, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Stay safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. We hope you have fun, but also stay safe. It sucks, but hopefully better luck next year. Honestly, just keep it in mind that it's not permanent. Yeah. Like we're we're all like kind of really bummed about how this Halloween's working out as well as the summer and probably Thanksgiving and Christmas too. Oh but, fuck Thanksgiving. I fucking love Thanksgiving. That's probably gonna be all messed up. Alright. Alright. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um click those stars. Tune in for next time. Um, Ooh, here's a good thing. If you have any pumpkin beers that you'd like to suggest that we didn't mention in our beer t- tasting, please email us. Um, we'd love to look in cause I, after that episode, I have like a renewed interest in beers, uh, pumpkin beers. So and also those lightning round beers, I feel like are not super accurate on the podcast. I know. I want to taste that Lancaster one again. Because Bernard texted and said it was really good. And I remember liking it when I tried it. Um, I was thinking of going to the beer warehouse next to my my house and seeing if they had the roads, Mary. Please just drive up here if you need to and pick up some pumpkin beer. <laughs> I will. Not listeners, just me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Fuck y'all. It's <laughs> just me. <laughs> Your price will be one Johnny Rails and one Sam <laughs> I'll give it to some unsuspecting victim. Hey, these are really good. Oh, you don't listen to our podcast? Don't do not do that then. Just have these. <laughs> yeah, so everybody, all of our listeners out there, have a happy and safe Halloween. Thanks for listening. And watch up. Drink up. And cheers. Cheers.